guest on tonight's edition of Sounds Organised is one of the organists based at the Tower Ballroom in Blackpool, and we welcome to Radio Cavell, Mike Slater. Hello and welcome, Mike. Good evening. Nice to see you. Now, Oldham for you isn't necessarily a, a strange place, is it? I understand you've had connections here in the past. Would you like to just relive those memories for a second or two? I'd love to, but let me say first of all, I must correct you because... It it has changed an awful lot, which we found out to our cost last night trying to get here. And um, it has changed so much that uh, the road signs uh, tended to mislead us a little because we came into fog when we arrived here and we finished up in Ashton. But we weren't too far away from where we wanted to get to, so uh, we were back, back home as it were. But it goes a little deeper than that because um, my first ever professional job away from home was at the, the old Duke of Edinburgh, which was on King Street, the corner of King Street and Park Road. And I did a summer season, believe it or not, a summer season in Oldham, can you imagine it? <laughs> at the Melody Bar. And uh, then uh, after that um, summer, which was a brilliant summer, 59, uh, weather-wise, um, I went to um, Liverpool with a film and then on to Sunderland and then came to Rochdale to the um, to the Empire I believe we closed it as well as a cinema not after you played there I hasten to add <laughs> I think so very much so you know but um, then we came back to the Duke of Edinburgh uh, for a short spell and then uh, I went off into um, Lincolnshire and uh, Yorkshire and Nottinghamshire um, I have a lot of friends in uh, Oldham and the outlying areas, and I hope one or two of them are with us tonight. Hopefully, might just see them. People I've not seen for years. Well, we seem to have a quite a, a healthy audience listening, and what's more importantly, perhaps, uh, taking part in the dancing. How, how did you first become involved in, in the organ scene in, in the dance sense? That, that's rather strange, because that has Oldham connections. It was whilst I was at Oldham that uh, a Yorkshire brewery came to listen to me, and they asked me to go to one of their pubs in Yorkshire, which they had a, a circuit of entertainment houses seating about 200 in their concert room, and part of the programme was dancing. But in their uh, house in Scunthorpe, it was predominantly what we now call sequence dancing. In those days, it was called old-time dancing. Mm. And uh, over the years, it's become more and more popular until uh, I found myself getting so much involved at Blackpool in the sequence um, setup that uh, every year I find myself doing the organ breaks or, or the sessions for the um, annual sequence festival in the Empress Ballroom, but sadly there's no Wurlitzer left there now, we have to use a, a modern electronic. When did you become involved in, uh, in Blackpool activities in the organ world, Mike? That, that's another interesting story because uh, my family and I had decided to move from Nottingham to run a business in Blackpool and um, for the first time in 25 years, we were able to do what we wanted to do on a Saturday night, having moved to Blackpool. And we went to the Planet Room to a Buffy dance, and we saw an organist playing there for the intervals and playing the cabaret. And um, quite by a chance meeting with the then director of music, Ken Turner, he offered me a job. And uh, that was three weeks of arriving in the town. I had no intention of applying there particularly. Didn't even think there was anything going. But, of course, that was in 1977. It only needs one small it does, case of being in the right place at the right time. You got it, yes. 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 I, I was um, on the filed coast a few weeks ago, and it seemed surprisingly deserted. Not perhaps too surprisingly as the seasons 
ended uh, fairly recently, but uh, how does a Blackpool organist occupy his or her time, for that matter, out of, uh, out of season? Well, of course, the town now opens at weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, so we're involved in that. But also, during the winter period, November to uh, Easter, they do uh, allow us to um, take outside engagements for the organ societies, and such as tonight. If this had been a Saturday night, they would have been quite happy to let us go for this dance, you see. Um, so that, plus the private functions in the winter gardens, keeps us just about ticking over. Mm. But it's a very short winter this year. But the life of, of, of a Blackpool Tower organist must be rather hectic, presumably. <laughs> you, you say that uh, is a fair comment. Yes, it's a pity it's not television because they would have seen my face then. It is true, it, you know, we have three piers, the tower complex with three locations in it, and the uh, winter gardens with perhaps one, two or even three locations in it, all needing organ entertainment of some kind. And, um, you know, one thinks about uh, next season, one is always happy to see the end of the season, but we're always ready for the next season to start. Um, and I understand that legislation is about to be sprung upon us whereby bars can open uh, all day, and they're hoping to get that through, apparently, through Parliament on this next session ready for next season, so that could even sort of make our load a little heavier. It's not so much the actual work, but it's getting from one location to another, because the longest session we will do is perhaps an hour, or an hour and a half. The shortest session is 30 minutes, but at the time, we might only have 50 minutes to get from one location to another. So it, uh, it is fairly... Uh fairly hectic as I say. Uh, just at this point I, sh I should add for the uh, the benefit of the patients that are listening in tonight that Mike you're part of a team of organists of course headed by Phil Kelsall. Um, do, do you all get on? Do you all share the, the workload? This sort of thing? Oh yes, yes. Whatever the hour, hours are, taking the whole of the complexes into account is split equally between those organists that are there. Um, during the season we go up to sometimes seven and eight organists, you see, but during the winter we're down to three or four. And um, we do get on very well, contrary to what uh, people on the other side of the footlights might think or might tell you. Um, I was working with Phil um, last Wednesday in Derby, and I'm working with him again in Chesterfield on the 12th of December. We, we do an annual um, joint concert affair. The one in Chesterfield is, is a three-handed job with John Maiden and his wife sings as well. And we have a sellout night and it's great, you know. And we, we pull each other's leg and uh, get on very well with uh, a lot of them. But the work situation does tend to press in sometimes and we're only human. You mentioned there that such an event is, to quote you, a, a sellout, which is certainly a turn up for the books these days for popular organ concerts. Do you, do you feel, Mike, that since... The, the retirement and, and sadly subsequent passing of dear old Reg Dixon earlier this year, that the, that the Blackpool scene, the, the connections with the tower, uh, it is still as popular as it was in, in days gone by? I would like to say yes to that, and I think to a certain degree it is. It's a different popularity, because um, Reg was there at the right time, bless him. And I think the organ world and the entertainment world is that much poorer and for not having him around. I know he didn't do much in the last uh, five or six years, but he was still there. And as long as he was there, he was a, 
what can you call a landmark, if you like, for want of a better word. And um, we do find that um, that um, punters are coming into the tower now on this all-day basis and enjoying the dancing. And we're probably reaching lots more people, maybe. I don't know, there's no way of telling, but we are doing very well, attendance-wise. One of the uh, major highlights of Radio Cavell's broadcasting year, Mike, surely must be the presentation live of the Oldham Charity Carnival each year. Now, I would figure that this will uh, immediately bring happy memories back for you. Would I be right in saying that? Yes, it was a very happy day, and I remember it distinctly. May the 1st, 1960. You remember the date? I do, yes. We had a lorry, we decked it in the morning, we put a bar on one end, we put the organ on the other end, we borrowed some batteries, uh, I taped, and we mimed to the tape. And um, we were so long waiting up the Huddersfield Road area to get into the carnival that the bar began to run dry. And as the bar began to run dry, we got more and more inebriated, and it was a gorgeous day. And the brewery had given us uh, beer to give away in paper cups. We made the centre spread of the Sunday newspapers because somebody had been um, uh, over-imbibing and fell off the float. And uh, I do believe that there is a, a suggestion that uh, we might do something similar in next year's carnival, but uh, I doubt very much if we'll get the free ale. <laughs> <laughs> Not these days. Well, Mike, uh, throughout tonight's programme, we've been listening to excerpts from your last LP, Jolly Good Company. Was, was that jolly good fun to make? It was, because we did it live. Oh. We, we did it in the ballroom whilst there was a, uh, an actual audience there. And what the engineers had to do was edit out all the noise in between the sessions. And it really was fun. The most hair-raising event I've ever been involved in was, was the photograph on the front riding that blessed donkey. That I, I would never want to experience that again. You look so happy, though. <laughs> Friend stiff. Still, never mind. Anyway, many thanks, Mike, for sparing a little bit of time uh, in between spots here at the Queen Elizabeth Hall tonight. Um, let's hope that um, you, you enjoy the rest of the evening, do have a safe journey home, and we look forward to, uh, to hearing again from you in the not-too-distant future. Thank you very much indeed, Mike. Thank you, and, and I hope all your listeners get well very soon. I've had a number of sessions in hospital in Blackpool, and I've another one coming up shortly. So I know what you're all going through, but um, smile, because it's not as bad as you think it is. Bye-bye. another From Our Archives programme, this time featuring organist Simon Lindley at the Making Organ Studios in Oldham. (laughs) 
Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome Simon Lindley to the programme. Good evening, Simon. Good evening. Thank you very much. One thing that often crosses my mind, having presented a, a programme of popular organ music over perhaps a 20-year period now, is that whenever we speak to um, a dyed-in-the-wool, classically-trained organist, I always wonder how they react to digital technology, such as we're going to hear this evening, Simon. Um, is it something which you have a particular opinion on? Would you prefer to, to play the genuine pipe organ, or are you happy on one of these with a three-pin plug on the end? Well, I don't get terribly hung up about it. Um, ever since I was a student, I've done a lot of orchestral playing, and although there are a large number of uh, substantial new pipe instruments in big concert halls, there are still more halls where to perform pieces like the Planet Suite and the Enigma Variations and the Saint-Saëns Symphony, it's necessary to use a pipeless organ and uh, I've always been um, certainly prepared and quite happy to do so. Um, in fact, the, the um, possibilities for orchestral uh, participation, of course, are very considerable because the big enemy in the majority of concert halls is heat and pitch and very often you can get to the stage where the conductor really wishes that, that um, uh, the resident in instrument was, was on the pitch that the orchestra were playing. And of course increasingly, one of the other things, um, particularly in the north, increasingly the continental orchestras which visit and bring their own players, uh, they tend to play at sharper pitch, partly because it sounds more brilliant, but also because their traditional pitches are going up. And that, again, presents real challenges. I mean, the organ I have at Leeds Town Hall, we now spent about £30,000 10 years ago fitting special slides to at least the bigger stops on the organ so that when a continental orchestra comes, we can use it without a problem. But, of course, there are very few instruments that have got those facilities, so a, a, a pipeless instrument is the only option, and that's a very good and useful option.
situation these days Simon as regards new uh, blood within the classical organ world particularly are there many young players emerging that we should uh, particularly take uh, take note of to, to fill the organ bench in the future yes very much so I think the standard of playing uh, by the youngsters is phenomenally high um, I have to say rather sadly it's difficult to get many of them to work in church uh, the competitive field, the competitions and the master classes and the, the other, other um, educational aspects are very well supported. Sadly the number of serious organ students in the music colleges is very small, much smaller than it ever has been. But on the reverse side of that coin you've got music departments at places like Huddersfield with um, 8, 10, 20 organists and uh, they do something to even the balance a bit. Uh, you don't earn a living playing the organ unless you're a very successful recitalist or an entertainment player. Uh, and even then, I know very few players who solely rely for performing on their living. The majority of them have other strings to their bow. And uh, I think that's always been the case. Certainly, I don't know that uh, if I was left to my own devices at the parish church, I, could, I certainly couldn't live on the salary. It's necessary to do the concerts and the, the town hall work as well. And I think many of our cathedral musicians, there are more and more musicians, of course, in the cathedrals, uh, principally because if you run perhaps a traditional boys' and men's choir, then a girls' choir on top, you really need four players. You can't do it with less than four. And so that, that again is a good thing, it, mm, uh, it provides more opportunities. I've always felt rather sad that half the human race previously was denied the chance of singing. But of course the big thing with girls in, in the choirs is they don't turn into tenors and basses. And the one, the one really important sound in the cathedral and college chapel choir is the male alto. 
we all know choirs where the boys sing like girls, and we know other choirs where the girls sing like boys, but you can't fudge the alto sound. As soon as you try to use a contralto, it upsets the internal balance. So it's a, a very interesting point. I have to say, too, that I think that um, in solo terms, the electronic instruments have a tremendous amount to offer. The one thing they find the hardest of all to do is to synthesize the basis of organ tone, which is the diapason. So, you know, flute stops, terrific. String stops, very good. Synthesized reed stops, good. And pedal, of course, they do beautifully. Um, and several substantial cathedrals now have uh, organs on the screen with one or two electronic pedal stops uh, to save space. Uh, also means they can put more pipe work in if there's not a big double in, for instance. Um, and, of course, the um, whole business of um, blending is, is so much better because I think the electronic firms take such care with sampling and not just re re reproducing recorded sound but also trying to analyse the sound from the basic sine wave and going up. So that's how it works. But um, as I'm sure we know, part, part of the organ timbres are very well done by these um, synthetic instruments and others they, they still, still try to do. <laughs>
This may seem a, a slightly out of context um, question, Simon. It's not often that we have the chance to speak to um, a professional artist such as yourself with, with the musical qualifications in the, the classical organ field. Um, in our other um, coverage of um, organ and keyboard music on the programme, of course, we included electronic entertainment organ music uh, and the theatre organ, uh, the Wurlitzers and the Comptons and so on. I'm curious as to know what a classical player makes of all these other um, copies of the King of Instruments. Do you, again, have any thoughts on that? Or? Well, of course, a serious student of contemporary music will come across the Hammond organ in many contemporary music scores, Hans Werner Hansa, what you'd regard as very way out music, um, where composers have actually written for it. Um, the Wurlitzers and the theatre instruments I absolutely love, and I, I think one, uh, an instrument played you know, by an expert such as Nigel Ogden is just a joy. It's like it's got all the colour that a, a, concert, uh, a concert conventional pipe organ has. And um, I, I think that uh, the theatre organ, the cinema organ, is very fortunate because it has tremendous numbers of devotees, which is a very significant thing. And of course, again, uh, when you've got uh, electronic imitations of those sounds and the big tibias and the, 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 the orchestral reeds, it's, it, they're quite competitive, I think, and uh, very interesting. Uh, I've got a friend who, who is in the business of precision engineering for organ blowing, and uh, he does a lot of work on, on Wurlitzers and Comptons uh, and, and specialises in producing the right um, type of wind. Uh, un, unvarying wind and proper supplies because they, they use a lot of wind in the extension system which conventional pipe organs by and large the wind pressures have dropped and dropped and yes, the, yeah. the, the mechanisms have got more and more efficient but in the old Comptons and the Wurlitzers you need a tremendous amount of wind to make them go and events such as we're, we're here tonight at the, the new opening, the grand opening of the new premises for, for making organs, are you encouraged by the attendance and the obvious enthusiasm of the guests here? Does, does this make your uh, uh, enjoyment yes. of the organ world that Very much. It's very heartening. And if you look around the room, there's a tremendous age spread and uh, a spread of interest. Uh, and this is, this is really successful. I mean, the... The recitals we have at the town hall in Leeds, we never get less than two or three hundred in, and sometimes a lot more if it's a famous player. And that's very encouraging. Inevitably, you know, in the middle of the day, we find that most people are either retired or students. There's not an awful lot in the middle because the pressures of commercial life now are so great. But um, it's certainly a very different audience from what it was 20 years ago. It's that they're, they, they want a broader range of repertoire. They want to be challenged with some new contemporary music and they want some really good pot boilers and they, they want some lighter stuff as well. <laughs> Our series at Leeds this year is being opened by Arnold Loxham, who's the, one of the yes. dwyans of the, the theatre. I should be working with Arnold playing. in November, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, yes. I mean, ever since I've been in Leeds, he and Audrey and I have been great friends. And, and when I first went to Leeds, which is almost 30 years ago, he, he was on Radio Leeds two or three times a week and leaving aside the playing, which was stunningly good, it was the pastoral interest he showed in his listeners and the way he speaks to an audience and gets them singing or tapping their feet or... Not to mention the Union Jack socks. No. But that's another story, isn't it? He has very, very <laughs> exotic tastes in socks. And when he's, when he's playing the feet on their own, he holds his hands in the air 
it's very good. Maybe we could introduce some of that into your recital tonight, but then again, maybe not. We've taken up far too much of your valuable time. Um, thank you very much. It's been very interesting and extremely eye-opening to uh, to hear your opinions on the uh, the organ world in, in general. Simon, uh, thanks so for joining me on the panel. Very good to meet you. to Simon Lindley at the Making Digital Organ, playing Song of Sunshine by Alfred Hollins, Allegretto and Romanza by William Wollstoneholm, and Il Climore by Noel Rawsthorne. The programme was recorded live at the Making Organ Studios in Oldham on the 6th of September 2001 and was included in Keyview on Radio Cavell 1350am, produced and presented by Ian Wollstoneholm. Continuing this week with our special feature on the new Technics organs, aided and abetted by the demonstrating concert artist, Tony Pegler. If you missed the programme last week, let me just give you a brief resume of what happened. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome from myself Ian Wollstoneholm to another edition of Sounds Organised and all that's best from the organ world here on the Oldham Hospital Radio Network.
Well, a couple of weeks ago, the Bauer Hotel in Chatterton was the venue for an exhibition of some of the latest models of Technics E-Series organs. Tony Pegler from the company, having chatted to me about his early involvement in the organ scene, offered some very valid comments about these new organs. I should just add that at this stage of the conversation, the room service had just paid us a visit. Right. Right. Okay. Nice bit of cheese on those yeah, buses just, there, Tony. Cup of tea? Cup of tea. Yes, yeah, that's fine. And we're not drinking red wine now, are no, we? No, no. <laughs> You're from Lickarl's cell. I can't hang you when you're the same seriously. It's impossible with you, sir. <laughs> um, right, what were we doing before we were interrupted by room service? Oh, yes, we were saying Technics organs. Well, is that the right word, organs? Because they're not really, are they? Uh, I, I, think, I think the word organ really describes a slightly different instrument than, than what we have now. Mm. I think that the, the, the instruments that, uh, that are being produced generally are, are probably what they wanted organs to be in the first place but didn't have the technology, and now, now they have. You know. They are very orchestral. Multi-keyboards, I'm not, I, I'm not convinced that that's... That's the sort of name that we're we're, we're looking for, but uh, it's a, a family home orchestra, I suppose. Because I mean, that, say orchestra. When you say orchestra, people imagine sort of violins and, and, and classical music and all that stuff. But band of musicians, you know, that that's really what it's all about. And and, and of course, the way you play them is is becoming very much like that now. You you think well the banjo player's got to play like a banjo player and the trumpet player's got to play like a trumpet player and, and, and so on and you try and make the instrument do that and I, I, th I think it's great fun I mean if you listen to all the, the players who play along those lines I mean you listen to uh, Brian Sharp who's fantastic and you listen to uh, um, Harold Beaumont and, and, and all these other guys who play really great orchestral stuff uh, I mean they've been waiting for years for these instruments to come along. Uh, I'm very glad they have. Uh, now that they are here, we, we, we've seen now we've got a basic organ to which we can add on. And there you go, I've used the word organ again, rightly or wrongly. Well, it's a generally accepted yes, term. Sure. I think you'd agree. Sure. We've got this basic instrument anyway, <clears throat> to which we can add um, the, the RAM pack memory storage systems mm. and now of course more aptly uh, to, certainly to home a computer enthusiast that the floppy disk cartridges yeah, I'm, um, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm alarmed by this 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 reference to computers yeah. although that's really what we're talking about I mean the whole the whole instrument is computer controlled um, I know nothing about computers or at least I don't think I do but when it applies to something that um, A, you understand, and B, opens up some new doors, but still well within your understanding, then the computer thing doesn't become quite so frightening as, as, as it did, or as it was, rather. And um, computers only remember things. That's all they do. They only remember information. And they only remember information that you tell it. Well, I mean, that information could be either given by you or, I suppose, by the manufacturer, as indeed happens in, in, in some cases. But with the um, 
with the floppy disk and with the uh, the RAM pack, it just remembers information, control information, or, or note information, knobs and button pushing, or or, <laughs> or, or, or notes you push down. Well, I mean that. I mean, you you, you laugh. Ignorant swine, you are. I mean, you 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 laugh, but I mean that that's that's what it does. Um, and I love it. And without it, I couldn't perform. Yeah, I, I well, presumably, well, you know, you, you, you I know, know what I, mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, have I, another drink. I wouldn't. I um, wouldn't feel happy. I wouldn't feel happy about presenting stuff no. that, that that I've worked up with 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 these these things. I mean, talk to Brian Sharp. I mean, make that your next interview. I mean, he he'll tell you exactly the same thing. Uh, because the, the 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 overall effect is far more musically pleasing. Popular organ music sounds organised. 
And I know that a lot of people get very involved in uh, in, in in the players uh, in terms of they, they want to see how you do this and how you do that. And a lot of people are having a hard job in coming to terms with this little bits of pre-recording, which effectively is what using a, a, the, the floppy disk is all about. But I think you'll find that the main argument from from the pro from the professional side is that uh, we've had to put up with compromise for so long. I mean. To play an instrument orchestrally, it's all right saying, yes, we'll play the, the tune with the clarinet and have strings for the accompaniment. So you bung on a clarinet on the top keyboard and strings on the bottom and then proceed to play your tune. But the clarinet bit's fine. The difficulty is the strings. Because you, can't, you can only stretch, well, I mean, if you've got a big hand like Brian Robb, well, maybe 10 or 11 notes. If you've got a, 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 an average hand like me, uh, uh, a ninth, ten, uh, um, keeping you away. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, it's the red wine. It's the red wine and this this conversation. Um, shut up, I'm just making you laugh now, that's all. Um, do you know, I forgot completely what I was saying. You were saying if you've got a big hand like Brian Rodwell. Well, that's right, if you've got a big hand like, like, like Brian Rodwell, um, you can stretch maybe a tenth. An average hand like me, you can do about, you can do about uh, nine, I suppose. Um, but that's not enough for a real string section. I mean, don't forget you're trying to duplicate. Well, let, let's forget the basses even, but you're trying to duplicate the cello part, the viola part, and the violin part with one hand that can only stretch nine notes. I mean, it's, it's silly, really. When everything else is becoming so authentic, like if you put the clarinet button on, and it actually sounds like a clarinet, to follow it up with naff strings, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a good idea. So if, if, if somebody says, ah, to me, yeah, now, but if you use this little box, it'll mean that you can make real st the, the real string section. Uh, well, what am I going to say? I, wa I want to use it. I want to use it. I want to use it. You know, because and the only thing that people really ought to be bothered about is what does it sound like? Do you enjoy the sound? Doesn't matter how it's done. Do you enjoy the sound? It doesn't matter whether he's playing with one finger in each hand. Does the sound sound nice? If you listen to a Mantovani, how are, you, how are you to know that the Mantovani string orchestra that you've got on your favourite Mantovani album at home is not two very tired violinists who have actually spent three weeks in recording studio recording every bit? You think it's a whole orchestra, it's only two guys, you know. Both got her in here and smoked like troopers, you know. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what usually happens, you know. And, uh, I, I don't really see anything wrong in doing it that oh. way. As long as people enjoy the overall sound. We had, a, we had some fun tonight, didn't we? Oh, I think we did. Yeah, I, I think right. we've certainly had some, um, some fun chatting tonight here. Oh, me, me too. It's, it's delightful to meet somebody who's actually seriously interested in not only, <laughs> not only the music business, but, but, doing, a, but doing a good uh, professional job via the media. Mm. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Ah, and you, sir. Cheers. In good health. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I must, I must yeah. tell everybody that's listen, maybe listening to this uh, this old rubbish that we're actually the time is 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 getting on for one o'clock in the morning and we're sat in room 148 at the Bar Hotel. We've just consumed a plate of sandwiches, a pot of tea, and we're now halfway through a bottle of red wine. And your presenter here is um, 
falling over regularly, I think that's the best we can say. It's, it's not true.
But we'll Tony, before we do that, we, we've, um, we, we've, 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 well, we've heard in the past uh, few weeks of, of your record, which which you've produced on the G7. Uh, we've, yes, we have played some of it. You know. Oh, what? What? Wouldn't wouldn't miss it for the world. We're going to actually set a bit of a question now, aren't we? Yes. Are we? <laughs> yes, we are. We are. What is this for? This is a, this is a little competition. Is it a little competition? Competition oh, proves, yes. Oh, that's right, see. And, what's uh, the prize? What's the prize? I don't know. Well, we, we thought of the first prize would be uh, a night out with Tony Pegler. The, the second know. prize would, would be two nights out with Tony Pegler. But we settled for the... The, the booby prize. This is the sign of me hitting your wonderful <laughs> Ouch, that hurt. Tony, what, what's, what's... No, you're not. What, no, I'm not. What's, what's the question going to be then for this competition? Torval and Dean skated their way to a gold medal. What was the name of the tune and who wrote it? And here it is. Tony, thank you very much for spending a little bit of time today to, to chat to me. Actually, it's tomorrow now. It is rather, isn't it? Yes. Anyway. Thank you for spending a little time right. tomorrow. Tomorrow, to be grammatically correct. That's fine. By the way, how's your grammar? Pardon? She's fine, <laughs> she's fine, good. she's fine. She's fine. Anyway, yeah, I suppose you better say goodnight, Tony. Good night, Tony. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can I say in all sincerity, it's been an absolute bore to me. No, it's been absolutely wonderful. I've really had a bore. It's great fun. Thank you very much. And, and all you folks who are listening, to this load of garbage in, in hospital. Hurry up and get well soon. God bless. Merry Christmas.
Tony Pegler playing the Technics G7 organ. What we want you to do is to identify the piece of music and the composer which helped Jane Torville and Christopher Dean to a gold medal victory at this year's Winter Olympics. The first all-correct entry pulled out of the Radio Cavell bedpan will receive a copy of Tony's new LP, which is very kindly donated for this competition. Send your entries via the request boxes at the entrance to most wards to Sounds Organised Competition, Radio Cavell Reception, Alderman District General Hospital, Rochdale Road. Sounds Organised Competition, Radio Re Cavell Reception, Alderman District General Hospital, Rochdale Road. And really, that's all we have time for, for this week. My grateful thanks do go to Tony for all his help with the last two weeks' programmes, and of course to yourself for your company over the last 27 minutes. Until the next time we have a chance to meet, this is Ian Wollstoneholm wishing you all the very best for a speed recovery, and saying cheerio for now. Bye-bye.